Yep, I'm there. All right, so let's start. Thank you for listening to the SBC podcast. There's the purpose of the podcast, we always say, is to make me money. Right? We say it because we want to be transparent and authentic, not full of shit like the other podcasts are, right? Like the guy, Saeed, who won the Kentucky Derby. He said, oh, I bought this course for the people. I'm doing it for you. No, you did not do it for you, for uh, the people. You did it for yourself. So your horse gains uh, value. You can sell the stud fees, and you can make a ton of money. So to that end, this is what the podcast is. The podcast, at the end of the day, is a business meeting, right? And every single business meeting has to have a purpose, in and out, right? So we told you one of the purposes. The other one is to teach you business and financial education, right? So the same way you bet on a football game, the same process you use for an investment, right? Usually in the back, I'll have the book, Decision Science, that's used by the top Fortune 500 companies to make business decisions. You identify the problem, right? You look at what the possible solutions are. You apply math. You eliminate variables and co-variables. And once you get to that point, you use rigorous logic, right, to solve the problem, right? I'm here with my mother-in-law in Florida, and she always says, you know what? That does not make sense, <laughs> right, because she's applying logic to solve the problem, right? My wife has been a psychotherapist 17 years, one of the best psychotherapists in the country. She says it too. That does not make sense sometimes because she's applying rigorous logic to come up with the outcome. So I say, Josh, what the heck is the outcome? So if you listen to the podcast the last three years, we're at 65%. Break even is 52.5%. That means that if you use our process to bet every single game you have 15 times more money than when you started with that's wall street best times money that's like if you invested in tesla but we just do not right give people fishes we teach them how to fish and this is one of the most important podcasts i call it the renee descartes podcast if you do not examine your life it's not worth living right that's what Rene Descartes said and us as guys we're supposed to know everything father knows best we do not confront our feelings so other podcasts bidding podcasts only talk about the bets they got right this podcast which Chad and Scott say is the most valuable podcast the one they like doing the most is because you confront when you make a dumbass mistake, when you do something that's humiliating, that's embarrassing, you have to confront those feelings because most people can't, right? 95% of people can't change. But we get an edge on other people by identifying our mistakes, torturing ourselves, right? Versus having others torture us. Short-term men, businessmen think short-term, Businessmen and women, because women are less smart than us, think long-term. Long-term thinking is higher-level thinking. Another business maxim is that if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So I got two guys that are a lot smarter than I am, a lot tougher than I am. Scott Cove up there in the Northeast, we are just talking about that, and Chad Nolan in Temecula. What are the first words, Scott? Good to be here again on a uh, holiday week. Short week for a lot of people, um, but the betting doesn't stop. So, uh, you know, it's been a great year so far. So let's uh, let's have another profitable week. I know the NFL has been crazy the last few weeks, but we're still making profit. So, Right. So last year, this is the only podcast ever, right? Last year we had 17 weeks in a row of profit. This year, what week is this? Be week 12. Going week 12. Into week. So 17 plus 11, 
That is 28 straight weeks of profit, compound interest, right? Yep. And once we get back to California, I'll show Anna getting gaffed with the Bitcoin card, right? It's just all betting money or getting doing a target order from betting money, right? So, Chad, what are your first words? Man, another profitable week. Um, great stuff. And this is this is the road to an 80% week right here. I, uh, that, that's the goal. We got to have at least one 80% week before we end. So how we got to, you know another seven eight weeks to go so this well, is wait, this. we got we got 80 percent and we've been in the close to the 70 percent a couple times which you know it's a blessing because most people never have that and just because we live in the richest country in the world we have the luxury that we sit here betting on a game and then be able to use it to mitigate inflation and high gas prices all right, so we're going to go over the best we got wrong, the rest, best that we feel humiliated about, embarrassed about, because they say up to 80% of the people in jail are people who can't confront their feelings or have unresolved feelings. So aside from teaching you business and financial concepts, you know, I'm not a psychotherapist. The one with a degree is my wife. I can pretend to be one. But what we can give you is in mental health, first aid kit, right? In a financial first aid kit. I have an MBA in finance, right? Securities, right? License, so we move forward giving you a financial aid first aid kit. So first game, it's the Atlanta game. Scott and Chad, you tell us bad pick or bad luck. Uh, Cal Pitts and Atlanta didn't show up at all, score any points, or they probably should have covered eight. They lose 25 nothing. Bad pick or bad luck? Um, bad, for me, bad pick, because once Patterson was ruled inactive, you knew exactly what, what the Patriots were going to do. Cover Pitts all over the place and not let him beat them. So um, if, if it's hard to imagine that the Patriots doing anything else than um, shutting down Atlanta totally. Atlanta's just bereft of, of talent right now on the offensive side of the ball. Ridley's out. Patterson didn't play. They don't have a running game. Um, so the only only way to an Atlanta success was through Pitts. And Matt Ryan has these games. You know, he has these games, you know, a couple times a year where he just, what the heck happened? You know, what what's going on in his mind? So, um so bad pick, I think bad pick for sure. So, okay. What are your thoughts, uh, Chad? Yeah, um, yeah. So on this one, I didn't. I was waiting. I just played the under in this game, so I only had one bet. I was waiting for this one to kind of balloon up, but it, Atlanta never really got on the other side of seven. It kind of stayed at six and a half right before kickoff. Um, and I was kind of leaning Patriots at that number, but I ended up just staying off of that one. I just played the under. Right. So I think that was the time you were lost in the woods, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up not even getting it in. Yeah, that was Thursday. Yeah, so being lost in the woods saves you some money. Right. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you have it in front of you, Scott. What was the second game there? Uh, after, okay, one that comes to mind is Buffalo. Yep. That on the last minute of live stream, I did change my mind or solidified my mind. I went with the Colts plus the eight because I felt Frank Wright would be able to outcoach McDermott. And he did. Uh, what, was, what was your thoughts on that game, Scott, in the chat? Buffalo is just really, really inconsistent. They'll show up one game and look like a Super Bowl contender. And the next game they'll show up and it'll be like, what happened? And and this that's what happened with this game is, is I thought that win against the Jets would springboard them into um, a lot more um, success, and it didn't. It didn't. Uh, Taylor ran all over them. He had five touchdowns, two hundred yards of total offense. Um, 
So I, I think the readjustment of the bills is going to have to be looked at closely because, um, you know, they're, they're very inconsistent with their play. You know, it's all passed with them. It's Josh Allen left, Josh Allen right, to Diggs, to Sanders, and then on third down, if he gets in trouble, he's going to run the ball. Right. Um, so, you know, Buffalo is, is not as good a team as, as I thought they were. They're going to have to be looked at closely. Now, they're out of the division lead right now, so let's see how that, that affects them Thursday night, knowing that, that they need to win games to, you know, to overtake the Patriots again. So um, that's going to be a, a thing I'm going to look at today and before the podcast tomorrow is in terms of, of how they play in those upper-pressure situations. And they have a main, main event game Thursday night, so... Um, I just think it was bad. I just think it was bad luck because I didn't see Indy doing what they did. They didn't hardly pass the ball. They gave it to Taylor more so than they they have given it to him this year. So with me, I think it's bad luck. But the Bills Bills readjustment's going to have to be looked at closely. Yeah, I think too. We we have to really factor in Frank Frank how he got Philadelphia to win a Super Bowl when Nick falls. He is, and he's back, back that he doesn't have depth, right? That's why he likes getting out to the big leads and takes chances early. Kind of get it that big. He understands his lack of depth, so he's just off. The, he's off the charts as a strategist. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, man. I think this one here. Um, Buffalo is a team that's just trending down. You know, we early on we kind of thought they were a team on a mission and they were a you know a Super Bowl top top contender. I think they're they're kind of trending towards the middle of the pack team right now. Um, Indianapolis, you know, they've been they've showed some good signs. They've been really inconsistent as well all year. But um, you know, Jonathan Taylor is the is a talent. You know, we've talked about him before that he can do stuff like this. Um, you know, he's, he's the type of talent that's going to once or twice a year go off for a ridiculous game. Um, you know, I if, uh, you know, I don't think this game getting over, I think, had a lot to do with Jonathan Taylor's performance um, and, and those five touchdowns. You know, I think one less touchdown and it goes under. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, the, the you know, this, the way that panned out um, – you know the, the 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 Colts are a team that does have a, a good upside to them when they play well, um, and they can get over that lack of depth. So that's all I got for that one. Right, and then the the Bills, right, and I do put that Dennis Green quote in the in the start of the podcast, right? That rant he went on, uh, and then remember he had John Bronson who played for him, and Steve played with him with Kurt Warner. Matt Liner with the Arizona Cardinals. Danny Green, right? The Bills are not who we thought they were. <laughs> to start the season. They're not. So uh, we got to factor that in with Scott's concern. Remember, you learn from your mistakes in a process, right? Right. Like, remember, I, I cannot administer CVT, right? Because I'm not a licensed therapist. But one way from a mental health first aid kit, you resolve a depressing thought is, right, triggering your event, key thoughts and beliefs, then your feelings. Me as a guy, you skip the feelings part. You can't. You got to resolve those feelings. And then you get to a positive conclusion. You write it on a card or whatever. You have to go through this process, betting or making a business decision, so you do not make an emotional decision. Remember, your emotions are liars, and your emotions will, they're in the reptilian amygdala part of your brain, this the animal part of your brain that makes bad decisions. You want to get whatever decision you're doing in the rational part of your brain. And that's what the Hawthorne effect does. In football, they call it self-scouting, which braiding his receivers do every week, right? So you have to do that, and that's why we're at, right, almost close to, 30 weeks in a row of profit. The next game we're going to look at are the Cleveland Clowns who clowned around to a victory against uh, the Detroit Lions. Again, a very cheap family-owned franchise is trying to lose on purpose. So 
bad pick or bad luck. We picked uh, Cleveland plus minus 11. We should have gone with the Lions being able to cover the game. Because, uh, again, going back to uh, psychology, psychotherapy, you know, bleeding into football. You make your most money with what? Emotional control, which means getting your thoughts out of the amygdala reptilian part of your brain, your brain, reptilian part of your brain, to the logical part of your brain to survive. Stepanowski, the head coach of Cleveland, the epitome of that. When Zimmer was screaming in his face for Marine and slamming the toffee around, he had to pick up the coffee. He kept his mouth shut. He did that for six years. He was the only assistant that was able to do that. And he leveraged that into a head coaching job, making $5 million a year for your Cleveland Clowns. So to that end, you said, Josh, what does that have to do with picking this game and making money? What it has to do was that he remained very, very, very disciplined in this game, and all he did was run the ball and did as minimal as possible to beat the Detroit Lions who are trying to lose games on purpose. What are your thoughts, Scott Dinshaft? So we've, we've talked about it over the last few weeks more and more that these AFC versus NFC games are going to end up being very vanilla defenses and offenses. And that's exactly what happened in this game. It's Cleveland is going to impose their will on teams every single day, every single game. And that's we're going to run the ball and we're going to keep running it until we find success. Their quarterback is totally banged up right now. Um, you know, he's, he's basically playing with, you know, one shoulder, you know, his, his, his legs are banged up, his ankles are banged up, knee, everything. So having said that, they're not going to score a lot of points every game. They're not going to put up in the 30s. They're going to put up in the low 20s. And if teams can, can score 10 to 15, you know, points every game, teams are going to cover the spread against Cleveland. You know, Cleveland's not gonna not gonna win games big. They're gonna win close games. Yes. So that, that end, I, when I when I picked this game, I should have looked at that. But I looked at okay, Goff's not starting. It's a guy that hasn't played a snap this year. It's a guy coming off the IR. Cleveland's just gonna win this game easily, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, so to me, it's it's a little of both. To be honest with you, I think that. Um, you know, the, as the game started to progress, Cleveland could not run the ball in the first half. And looking at that, you know, we should have taken the under on the first half line and the second half line because we would have profited on both probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and then Cleveland started having success running the ball. Chubb started running the ball better. So you knew right there that all Cleveland was going to do was run the ball and throw it very minimally and get out with the win. And which they did, which they did. So they, they followed the game script that that we looked at. But I didn't think Detroit was going to score more than three points in the game because of, of their offensive situation. But, you know, so it was a little of both, I think. A little of both. But three was enough to cover in this one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, man. So on this one for me is like, it's a bad pick for me. This is like kind of the epitome of a, a big spread a double-digit number, almost two-touchdown number right? with a low total and two teams that you know are going to run the ball. Um, you know, you love the under. Both teams, you know, Cleveland's depleted. They're just coming in to get the win. You know, at a conference game, um, both teams super vanilla. The Lions, too, you know, they're trying to feed Swift, run the ball. Um and I just really think that, you know, in games where, you know, a team like Cleveland has a, has a double-digit favorite and how they're, you know, approaching their style right now and how beat up they are and how, how they like to run the ball, playing a team like uh, Detroit getting that many points, I just think, yeah, we you got you got to look to go uh, go the underdog in that, in that scenario, so. Exactly. So. Anna's making fun of me saying right all the time. Right? 95% of people can't change. So I'm going to prove that I can't change. I'm going to say exactly when I'm acknowledging. Uh, because, you know, it's about listening, right? And uh, in, 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 in listening, but not listening to argue, 
listening to understand, to acknowledge, right? To be able to acknowledge. So you got to be able to differentiate between picks you got wrong because of lack of research uh, or, right, games you got wrong because of bad luck, because of probability theory, the bad luck part of it is 20%. So, next game we're going to look at is the Minnesota Vikings plus three uh, over 49, right? What are your thoughts, Chad and Scott? Really, Terry, the, let me see. Can you guys hear me? I can't hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. All right, so what are your thoughts on that Minnesota game? Oh, my bad. I was was on mute. Yeah, so, man, I think we were all over that, that Minnesota game. Um. From the jump, that was a game that we loved. We loved Minnesota to, to cover that. We liked the money line. I ended up on. the over. Did, did you end up bidding the over, Scott? I, I think I took the over, yeah. So two oh. overs. Did you take the over, Chad? Yeah, he uh, he took the under. I'm looking under. at it. Yeah, yeah, I was under. Okay. All right. So I thought that I got that right. It wasn't like a lucky pick I got right. Yeah. Uh, what what are your thoughts on it, Chad? Why do you think you got that pick wrong? Man, I mean, I, I believe there was a lot of scoring really late in this game. Um, yeah, so going in, start of the fourth quarter, this game was at 31 to start the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, it was two touchdowns under. Um, we had a 25-point fourth quarter here. Um Man, I just feel like this, so there's a lot of scoring late here. Both offenses really just, like, opened it up. You know, styles changed. Both teams taking shots. So, you know, you got kind of both teams in their two-minute up, two minute offense for the last five minutes of the game. Um, yeah. It, it, but for, a, I think, like, the fourth week in a row now, I'm 100% on teams with cheap ownership giving up a lot of points late. And it's something that I verbalized last podcast as well. In Minnesota mm-hmm. category. So Minnesota gave up 21 points in the second half and 14 points in the fourth quarter, which has been par for the course since we remember when Carolina scored like 21 points on them in the, in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So every game since that, maybe even the Dallas game, Dallas has scored late to beat them. So Minnesota being a cheapo team with a maniac coach has been giving up a lot of points lately, right? Uh, the Ravens scored uh, 17 points on them in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, we saw what Green Bay did to them. Right? Baltimore scored a lot. I mean, teams... The thing with Minnesota is this. They... Got so much talent on offense that they, they're going to be playing in shootout games almost every week now. That's my feeling because Cook can run the ball. Justin Jefferson has taken off. He's gone to another level in his play. I mean, I watched a lot, a lot of that game Sunday. Yeah, he's definitely passed Thielen. Yep, yep. And Thielen is, is being solid right now. So if they, they can get their tight end going – they're going to score in the 30s almost every week against no matter what defense they're playing. Right. So if they're scoring in the 30s every game and the over-under is high 40s, it's going to hit because their defense is just not good enough to stop to control teams and, and keep them under 14 points every week. So that that's my feeling. And that game, that that rivalry is always high scoring. Every You know, a lot of their games are usually in the high 20s for sure. So... 
I mean, he had Aaron Rodgers who, who needed to prove that he was back as a quarterback, too. That's the other thing. So that that's why I, I like the over in this game because of those two simple facts. There was talent everywhere. I mean, every every piece, talent piece on that field showed out that game. It was just a it was just a perfect storm for that for that over. Right, and and I, and I just went through back all the Viking games. Uh, even the Lions scored eleven points uh, in the fourth quarter against the Vikings. The Vikings have nothing in the fourth quarter. Right, and they played them. They played Arizona Cardinals in a really close game. Both teams were like in their thirties early, in like second game, second game of the season. Yeah, and that's the second game of the season. Yeah. Where the defense is supposed to have at least have a little bit of depth. Because right? they don't want to pay for those backups. So the next thing I'm going to look at is uh, double-digit dog in the division, 2-1-1. And, one. and uh, Scott, what do you think about that game? Man, I'll tell you, I... Tennessee, who I thought was the best team in the AFC going into that game. I mean, I, I have this mindset that Houston is just tanking. So they're going to play but not be effective. And Tyrod Taylor makes that team very effective on offense. Um, you know, it, it's if Davis Mills is in the game, they're not as effective. Ty, with Tyrod, he can run the ball. He can throw it a little bit. And Tennessee is all sorts of banged up right now. So the, for Houston... That was the perfect storm game for them to win a game because of Tennessee just being banged. Tennessee had 400 yards of offense, and Houston had 190 or something like that. You don't win games in the NFL with that, so that's bad luck. It's, it's bad luck on that on that end. Um, game was in Tennessee. Weather was terrible. Um, you know, Tennessee had it going. Beat some big time teams this year so far. And this was their trap game. And, uh, you know, they just they just didn't show up and didn't play. And then they had some injuries in the game, which cost them a little bit, uh, which didn't help. And Houston just played very well, as well as they could play. Um, you know, Tyrod leads that offense effectively. So they're another team. If they get a double digit, I'm going to have to look at them really, really closely and taking them in the double digit situation. Because they're on offense, they're playing just well enough right now to stay in games for the whole game. Um, and they did against Tennessee, and they beat them. So, uh, double digit dogs in the division. Yeah, yeah, that's At the other thing, too. And other time. So, you almost bet it blindly. Yeah. So, the side below the podcast, man. Yeah, I think you said it before I did. Double digit dogs in the division. Right. No. no. Uh, what were your thought process in that game? My thought process? Uh, Chad. Oh, oh, Chad's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked I liked Houston here. Uh, I know we rehashed it out before the game real quick, but I think that you know a double digit dog in the division, and they had Tyrod Taylor back at the helm. I think made a huge difference for them, um, keeping them in the game. What was that? Coming off a bye week. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Tennessee is a little banged up. And, uh, you know, I just think they're able to. Uh, With with a defensive corner, Lodi Smith. I'm sure Lodi Smith said, listen, I'm getting old. Let's get off the script for this game. They're coming off a bye. Let's go play some defense. Yeah. You know, it, it looked like the Titans overlooked him, too. I mean, once right. they got down, I mean, you could just see, like, Vrabel's reaction. He was just, like, in shock. He was just like, oh, my gosh, we're going to, you know, like, right. it just wasn't a good reaction. It was like he just, he had kind of realized, it kind of looked like a coach realizing, shoot, we overlooked these guys bad, and we are in for it right now. We're in for, right. in, in for a game. So... So that's big. And just to recap a little bit, thinking what's going under, and again, double-digit dogs in this division, at that point, I've been one and one It's almost 80% of the time. So, uh, Houston, you really like, had to look hard at Houston in that, in that situation. We did, we monetized it. Uh, the only thing under that scenario, 
Chad, this game 100 percent was 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 going to be uh, ended up being an under game, right? Yeah, yeah. What was it? What was the final score of that game? It's like 22 to 13. Uh, something. I'll tell you. You got it. I'm looking right now. Something right in there. Houston, 22 to 13. Yep. Yep. No. 22 to 13. I, once, I got that right. He, and the other thing is, is once that AJ Brown went out, right. and once Tannehill had nobody to throw to, they weren't scoring. They just weren't scoring because they didn't they didn't run the ball at all. So they weren't they weren't going to score. I mean, Dontrell Hilliard had like nine catches in that game. Dontrell Hilliard had nine catches. That means that tells you all you need to know in that game. So. Hundred uh, percent, Tannehill. You can't put the game in Tannehill's hands. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> you gotta go you can't. with the kid. Can't. He's not a type of quarterback. All right, a game that I completely blew. Uh, I needed to look at the situation. Right, the situation in Russia, Philadelphia, the riot city. The black quarterback got the over 43. I knew that was going to happen, but New Orleans Simeon was not going to go in Philadelphia, putting the game in his hands, kind of winning a little bit of a shootout. Because what ha- what ended up happening was that uh, Hurts almost had 100 yards rushing. Any quarterback that can make three first downs with his legs wins 75 percent of the time. And three first downs, 30 yards. Hurts had twice as much as that, 85 yards. I completely blew that. And I need to learn from my mistakes next week. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Scott and Chad? So this was, on my end, this was a bad pick. One team's going up, one team's going down. Right. Philly's in, Philly's in the playoff chase right now. And they, they want to, they, they're in that seven seed, six or seven seed playoff chase. So Jalen Hurts has heard it all year long. Can't lead an NFL team. Has trouble reading defenses. Can't do this. Can't do that. And he's just doing it. He's just playing well right now. He's playing beyond belief. He's he's a top three quarterback in the NFL in terms of rating, quarterback rating in the last five weeks right now. So he's playing at a better level than he was before uh, – the last five weeks. So that's another, this is another team you got, I'm going to have to look and readjust on. They, they have a, they have an easier schedule coming down the stretch here. So they're going to, they're going to win a lot of games here down the stretch. They're, they're a team that's playing at a, a, a good level right now and a good NFL level. And Hertz is on another level right now. He's playing phenomenally uh, well. So again, he's another player they're another team that I'm going to have to look and readjust as maybe as soon as this week um, coming up. Um, so to me, it was it was a little bit of both. I don't think Trevor Simeon is the answer for the Saints at quarterback. He just doesn't. He he doesn't. He's another garbage time production guy. He gets his his production when the game is out of reach. So you know the Saints are are hurt right now by their quarterback play, and there's no Kamara either. That's the other thing that that's hurting them. So, to me, bad pick. To me, bad pick. All signs pointed to Philadelphia in this game, and, and I just went with New Orleans. So, um, yeah, it's a different it being a bad, bad decision. Not to know and not to do is not to know, right? Right. right. So, bad pick on my part. What are your thoughts, Chad? Yeah, I think this is a, this is a bad pick too. I think we had some recency bias with the Saints, um, and then you know this coach, this new first-year coach for Philadelphia, is an offensive guy. He's calling the plays. Um, when Jalen Hurts is playing like that, they have some um, offensive upside. I think they're going to be kind of more of an over team moving forward, and I think they're going to need to score points to win games. Um, right. You know, they're going to need. Uh, they scored forty points, and they gave up twenty-nine here. You know, um, so, you know, they needed 30 points to win this game regardless. They gave up 29. I think that's going to have to be their style to get wins is going to need to be 35, 28, 31, 28. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, look for them 
Uh, I think they're trending up, and I think they're going to, you know, defensively with that offensive-minded head coach, she's calling the plays. I think there's going to be a big focus on that offense. Um, you know, and I, I think that this team is a team that's going to be able to get to 30 points, and, and if you got, you know, totals in the uh, low to mid-40s, I think they'll be able to get over that here pretty consistently for the rest of the, their, their season in these games. So, Yeah, stylistically, look at them. First half of the year, they're throwing the ball over 60% of the time. Now they're running the ball over 60% of the time. This is Jalen Hurts' offense in a, in a nutshell. Run the ball a lot, and then if he has to throw 15 passes a game, great. You know, the risk is, is down with them, so. No, and if they do get to a playoff situation, they have to understand that opportunities don't come all the time and just run Hurts to death, try to get a Super Bowl. But they got one with uh, Nick Foles. But... Thinking ahead to the playoffs, right? Because the playoffs is a whole new season. I love to pick against the Philadelphia inflated line yep. with the whole city of Philadelphia, right? The whole surrounding New Jersey, all of them going to Foxwoods and putting their life savings on the Eagles. Exactly, right. exactly. As you as you texted, as you sent me a message um, during the week, I think it was you. Um, in the playoffs, it's going to be a Lamar-esque type of team in the playoffs. Is they're not exactly. going to win a, win a playoff game. So, exactly. and I agree with that. I agree. Exactly. And how you make money doing this? Yeah. Just in basis, because for it to be a business, it must be scalable and repeatable. Yep. And got to have a process, which in a philosophy, we can't, we can't give you anything else because we don't have anything else to give. Uh, another game I got wrong that I should have gotten right. It is those Jacksonville Jaguars that went to the well too often with them, and their high school quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who's just beyond awful. He's like the worst quarterback you've ever seen ever. He is that bad. He's depressing his defense, which just lights out the shutout. The Bills got a big win by themselves. Uh, because of that, this game was never going over 44. Then the, the heat in Florida was mitigated by the fact that John Lynch played 20 years in the heat in Florida. So he knew how to prepare his team for that. I completely blew that, and I need to apologize to everybody for blowing money on that one. But it's not a mistake I'm going to make again. got to learn from your mistakes. Uh, let us know about that game and your thought process, uh, Chad and Scott. Yeah, you know, this is one I should have stuck to my guns. Six and a half. I really liked. Um, I thought San Francisco had turned a corner. 
you know, beating the Rams pretty good, pretty good the week before. Um, and then I just kind of ended up, you know, letting the, the heat of Jacksonville kind of my faith in them being able to co- cover that line um, and add a conference game. Them being vanilla kind of get me on the wrong side. I think if I just, I, I just kind of, yeah, I just got should have stuck to my guns there more. And uh, like everything you guys said, I just from the get go, I mean, that was uh, running the ball. That game was never going to get over, you know, with how, how Trevor, how Jacksonville offense was playing. And then, you know, I mean, how many times did the Niners, how many rushers did they have in that one? 40 plus. So, yeah, it, yeah pretty, it just, pretty cool. they're running. So. Yeah. They're running team galore. Yeah, and then with Debo, I mean, Debo got himself seven or eight carries as well. So that's taken out of the passing game because they're getting them touches in the run game. Right. To, to me, San Francisco is an ascending team now because not only is Debo getting in in the game, but also Ayuk is getting in the game now and Kittle's getting in the game. So when Debo lines up in the backfield and they don't run him, you know, the two other two weapons on, the, on offense are getting involved. So... It's just opening the game up completely for San Francisco. They're an ascending team. You know, they're in that 6-7 mix, too, in terms of seeds for the the playoffs. So, you know, they're a dangerous team. And it's an old-school coach, right? Long-term thinking coaches, that's why the dads went to Super Bowls. Yep. And, again, long-term thinking is higher-level thinking. And the old saying goes, the games people remember are the games in November, right? Like that big. Right, the biggest game of the week that I'm going to be focused on. Those Oregon State Beavers. And Eugene against those Oregon Ducks. Mario Cristobal. Right? I don't care if Mario Cristobal is Cuban. I'm rooting for Chance Nolan and the Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> yes, sir. To the Rose Bowl. <laughs> to the Rose Bowl. All right. Cincinnati Bengals, another ascending team. I really like Tate Taylor. He's like a, a kid who makes it from the ghetto, right? No excuses. Uh, he's born uh, behind the eight ball with his back against the wall, right? The, he, he gets up to the plate and the count's already 0-2. <laughs> and he has a Cincinnati Bengals with a winning record. He went against a team. Right? The, the criminal at Raiders, two of their administrative guys, stole from uh, Mr. Davis. That's where they got fired. Most people be in jail for stealing uh, tax money, overpaying tax money, and, and pocketing the difference or whatever they did with the difference. Whatever's illegal. Two first-round draft picks, one's in jail, not showing up for court dates, disrespecting the freedom he does have, and the other one's threatening to kill people on Instagram. And then the guy who got them is the guy who's in charge of personnel, the GM, Mark Mayock, who... I remember I was sick once, and the Notre Dame game came on, and I was so desperate trying to find the, the remote to put it on mute because I wanted to hear nothing what Mike Mayhawk had to say because he was so off when he was the uh, commentator in Notre Dame games. He's the GM for the Raiders. And then Carr, you know, I hear Brent Musburger cursing, wanting Marcus Mariota in here, and cursing at how bad the offense is. They couldn't get the over that he bet on. So not only did Brent bet on the over, so did I and Chad and Scott did. Bad pick, I think, on my part. I need to realize how bad the Raiders' offense is and how dysfunctional that team is and how Zach Taylor's doing a great job motivating that defense. What do you think, Scott and Chad? So I'm going to credit Rod Woodson, who I heard on an NFL broadcast about three weeks ago. He said... The Raiders, the last two or three years, their MO has been hot starts, struggling from midpoint on. He's yeah. exactly right. That's a, what, exactly the way the Raiders are playing this year. Hot start, great start, struggling right now big time. I, I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. Actually, I do. Their weaponry on offense, if Waller doesn't produce for them, they don't score. And that and that's that's what's going on right now. Waller had a had a good game, but he didn't get in the end zone. He's not he's not scoring touchdowns. 
So teams will take that. They're trying to take Waller out and making Renfro beat them or Josh Jacobs, and it's not happening. So to me, it's a bad pick. The, the Raiders just are not scoring. They're not going to be a team that scores in the 20s, I don't think, anymore. I, I don't know what's going on with Derek Carr. I don't know what's going on with the offense. But they've oh, regressed. Yeah, is supposed to stretch the field, right? Yeah, yeah, and, it, and that's gone now. So, you know, and it, they're not getting this kid Edwards involved in the offense at all. He had the one game against Kansas City where he had 80 yards and a touchdown. But the other two games, he's had zero. He's had right. zero. So they're handicapping themselves because – they're not finding another option in their offense. They're basically saying, I'm going to go to Waller Renfro, and then we'll run Jacobs sometimes, but not a lot. So I agree with Brendan Sperger. I, I don't know what's going on. They're just not a good team right now. Um, you know, they had a, they, they're on a short week. They're playing Thursday, so they're on a short week. Who knows what they're going to fix in the, in the short week? Um, what's that? I, just, I can't have- trust the Raiders. If I'm a better and can't trust the team, I can't bet them. And I can't trust the Raiders right now. I just can't trust them at all. So it was a bad pick on my part. I mean, I knew Cincinnati was going to win the game. I knew they were going to win comfortably. I thought the Raiders would score enough to, to put this game on the over, and they didn't. So I, I just can't trust them right now. So bad right. pick. And the, the Raiders don't have depth. They don't exactly. have depth. Exactly. In the backfield, uh, we couldn't run the people last year. Kind of blamed it on COVID. We couldn't practice and get that speed and conditioning in. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I just, man, the Raiders just never got going offensively. Um, I mean, you know, even a lot of the Bengals scoring was really late. This was kind of an under under from the get-go. Yeah. You know, I think they have a potential, um, you know, to, to be explosive offensively. I think, you know, offensive scheme um, is going to be, you know, coaching-wise, the losing group and coming up here with the injuries. Um you know, when you have less, you know, the talent drops off a little bit with injuries. So I think scheme, you know, from the coaching side is going to be, is going to play a big role, um, for, you know, for them coming up against the Cowboys here and just being up points up in general. Um, but yeah, we got the side, right? I think we were totally right here with the side with the Bengals. Um, I mean, but it was pretty much the Bengals the, the whole way. And then, uh, yeah, it just, uh, you know, without the Raiders scoring, it just wasn't going to be able to get over here. So. My big time, and I, I actually have some a play that was uh, written out <clears throat> for me. Uh, it's the Getty Factor, not too far away from there, maybe 30 miles away. Sean Payne was in there with his family. One thing to another, another he drew up some plays. They kind of reminds me of what's going on with the reader situation. Uh, I have them all. I have. I actually have the napkins, and I have them uh, take a picture of them and show them where a deep threat, right? And Chad knows more about this than I do. Uh, when you have a deep threat, maybe you have to double the guy deep. Does that open up the middle, Chad? Middle yeah. With either zero coverage or, you know, you're slow safety in the middle because your slow safety has to cover the tight end, right? Yeah, what and was the question? It's tight end running a 4-4, you can take him. Mm-hmm. Maybe, right? Unless that safety is uh, Chad. Chad can run with it. <laughs> Chad can run with Cal Pitts. Right? Uh, Kansas City, bad pick on my part. Got differentiated between bad pick and 20% bad luck. Kansas City, we did win both sides of that bet. We had Kansas City plus the three plus the money line, right? So, plus three, plus the money line. But the over 46 was off. Because we're, I, I was betting that the Kansas City with their full offense. So, once Kansas City gets a lead, two-possession lead, Dallas thinking Super Bowl, so they don't care about uh, non-conference games on the road. They had a vanilla offense, right? McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. Long-term thinking guy. Uh, so two big offensive lines, one imposed their wills on their offensive line. The offensive line and running game travel, right? So they both tried that. So this game was going to go under 56 no matter what. 
and I got caught up and I've been over 56. So that's bad pick. So that I'm on seven bad picks so far. It would prove, even though we're getting profit, we need to increase that margin, right? Because high margins is good business, legitimate business. What are your thoughts, uh, uh, Chad and Scott? Yeah, I mean, that number was 56, biggest number of the week, juicy number. Um, definitely was an inflated number there with uh, those two teams and the two offenses. Um, you know, the Chiefs' defense has turned a huge corner for them. I think the offense, a little corner. Um, still get, you know, it's, it's gotten better, though. It's improved as well. And then, um, you know, adding Ingram there at the defensive line, Looks like it allowed to get Chris Jones going a little bit. Um, so that defense has got, you know, some exciting stuff there. They did a great job against the Cowboys, um, which we haven't seen too much of yet. But that, that number was was way too high, and we let ourselves get caught up in it and should have went the other way. Exactly, right? Because what they get you with, and Vegas has those big buildings on purpose, they get you with impulse control. They tried to your worst impulse for what reason to take money out of your pocket so we you can realize that and act upon it and go the other way boom you're making a lot of money that's why people who are contrarians make a lot of money sports betting your thoughts scott so the idea just popped into my head remember the colts when they won the super bowl all year long their defense was terrible and then in the playoffs their defense became really really good Yes. This this looks like the same type of thing that's going on in Kansas City, is where their defense wasn't as good and the offense had to score 30, 35 points a game. All of a sudden, their defense with that one trade has become top, t- top five, top seven defense. So when you look any game with Kansas City now that has an over-under of over 50, I'm probably going to pick the under because I think that defense is, is – Legit now. I think they're going to hold teams down, and their offense isn't going to have to do as much as they did before. Their secondary is better. Their um, their line is better. They're putting pressure on the quarterback. They're getting to the quarterback a lot better. So, to me, I didn't factor that in in this game. I saw the offenses, again, same as the Green Bay-Minnesota game. There was talent all over the place on both sides of the ball. Um, for both teams. So I saw this as a shootout type of game. But now, having seen and watched that game Sunday, it makes me realize now that Kansas City's defense is legit in the real deal. And any game, like I said, that could, that's a 50 or over, I'm going to take the under because of that defense. I just think they're, they're, they're now going to become another level team because of that defense. So... It was a bad pick on my part. I didn't see the defense uh, stepping up to the to the to the level that they did, but they did. And fifty six was, as Chad said, was a juicy high number for, for that game. Um, you know, Vegas was screaming to take the under on that one. It was. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Got to listen to the line, right? That's exactly. Men, men do not listen, and, and it's not just listening to what people said, right? That's what God gave us. Two years and one month. What you read too, when people send you a text or an email, right? Read it carefully. Yep. So you have people with the best information wins, and it's right out of decision science. You don't make a decision with having without having as much information as possible. Right? And between the hot zone effect and the big NFL podcast, we give you the winners. Man, do we give you a lot of information, right? I think it's unhealthy to have more information. The information we're giving you is between Scott, Chad, and myself. We all have, we have over 100 years of watching football. The last three games we're going to look at, we're going to torture ourselves, we're going to humiliate ourselves with, so we don't get humiliated by other people later, is the Seattle plus three. And a person who is getting humiliated by his bad decisions, <laughs> Pete Carroll, as much as he's won. Uh, man, this is a game should have won. It's at home. It's a division opponent uh, with the starting quarterback out. And stubbornness, 
right? A man, 95% of people can't change. Uh, Coach Carroll says he's not going to change. And then worse than that, I didn't change. If you live in the past and you, you die in the past. I died in the past with this. I thought this was your normal Wilson, Pete Carroll, Seattle team in 2020, 2019, or maybe what they're going to be in 2022. But this is 2021. I need to be mindful. I was not. And I paid a price with making 100% bad picks. So you differentiate between bad luck and your bad pick. And there's some betters out there who think every time they get a pick wrong, it's bad luck. Or the rats. Uh, no, it was me making a bad decision. I need to feel it. I need to own it. I need to have accountability for it. And I need to feel the pain of this. Right? It's like putting your hand in the oven so I don't do this again. So this is a very, very bad pick. Picking Seattle plus three. I should have gone Arizona again all the way. I need to be mindful. This is not 2020. This is not 2022. This is not 2010. This is 2021, and I got that wrong because to know and not to do is not to know. So I didn't really know it. I really did not believe it, and I paid the consequences for it, and I should have because now I know not to make the same mistake again. The bad pick of my part. What do you think, Chad, then Scott? Yeah, um, definitely a bad pick here. Seattle's just... Just wait for them to turn this corner all year. It just doesn't look like they're going to turn it. Um, at this point, they're got their three and seven. Their season's pretty much summed up. I mean, um, they're banged up. Russell Wilson's got a, a finger issue here, and yeah, Pete Carroll's refusing to change. Yeah. And man, shout out to the Cardinals, man. What they are, uh, man. Kingsbury's really doing doing well, and even with a backup quarterback, still getting wins and. Uh, Shout out to them and what they're doing. Um, I, I definitely have them undervalued with uh, just their corporate governance and quarterback issue, which I think I need to move them way up in my head there. And uh, Yeah, the bias from the, the past of Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, go, go ahead, Scott. Well, I'm a Russell Wilson guy. Always been since the first day he, he came into the NFL. He can't overcome every problem that there is. He can't overcome the coaching philosophy that Pete Carroll has. He just can't do it. And, it, and it's costing them with everything, the, the storm. Like I said to you before that we started this, it, they don't have a running game. Carson's on an operating table with the neck surgery. Alex Collins was on the couch for a year and a half before he came back. Rashad Penny's getting hurt. Every time he carries the ball, he's getting hurt. They have no running game. Pete Carroll wants to stuff the run down teams' throats. They're not going to be successful doing this. They're going to have to put more on Russell Wilson's shoulders. I know he's got a finger injury. I know I know he's not right, probably, more than likely. But for them to be successful through the rest of the year, they have to put more on Russell Wilson's plate. And Pete Carroll just will not allow that to happen. He won't do it. So they're going to struggle, and they're going to not score points and they're going to be in these teens low teens offensive outputs until Pete Carroll can realize I need to change my way I need to go to the pass a little bit more I need to to play 2021 football instead of 2007 football it's not working for him it just it is it's just not working for him you know he he can he can stuff the run down teams throats all he wants it's not going to work it just isn't so no, 100%. Oh, bad pick. Bad pick. Bad pick. Yeah, bad pick. What about you, uh, Chad? I'll make one more play, right? Here in that Florida Heat. Uh, we got. Pittsburgh. Well, actually, play. yeah, I didn't get any more wrong from there. That's it for me. Let's <laughs> uh, see, Scott, the Chargers. What were your picks on that? Oh, well, I actually got the under wrong in that game. I I should have gotten over, so I should have 
picked the under in the Kansas City game, and I should have picked the over in the Pittsburgh Charger game because I was living in the past. This Pittsburgh Charger game was the under game in 2019-2020, maybe in 2022. But in 2021, 100%, this game was going over. And it's not 2007. Uh, a lot of points needed to be scored late on two on this depleted cheap ownership charger team. What do you think, Scott? Then we'll I have close the top. I got this game totally wrong. Um, midway through the third quarter, the Chargers were in total control of this game. They were up 27 to 10, I think. Um, so I was feeling pretty good about it. Um, not the over-under. I, was, I wasn't feeling great about that because I knew Pittsburgh would put another TD up, and I knew the Chargers would as well. So I wasn't really feeling good about that. But the Chargers just did charge of things. Going for it on fourth down from their 30. Um, stupid penalties. Stupid coaching decisions. Um, you know, I just... It was a, it was a bad pick. Um, but having said that, the Chargers almost snuck out it over the spread. Um, I didn't see this going 41-37 at all. I didn't see this game uh, jetting out like that, and it did. Um, you know, Ben played a great game. Ben played a good game. You have to give him a lot of credit coming off the COVID list. He didn't fly out there with the team. He flew it out on his own. Um, he had a really good game. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh doesn't score 37 points that often. Uh, defensively, they were just decimated with injuries. Uh, and I kind of knew Herbert was going to have a great game, and I should have, I should have went with the over. Um, my philosophy worked, you know, with the Herbert thing. It were it, it it panned out in the end. It panned out, you know. The defensively, Pittsburgh was not a very good team that Sunday night, and it showed. And Herbert had a great game, so I got I got to really look at, you know, what you know. I got to look at my philosophy that much more. Um, and look at the personnel that these teams are trotting out against him and going over on this with that way. Chargers did what they wanted on offense. I'm, I'm just shocked they didn't cover the spread. I'm just shocked they didn't win by a touchdown. So that's my right. thought. Bad pick. Bad pick. Bad pick on my part. Yeah, and Tom's a Super Bowl winning coach. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, he's going to figure things out. And Numbers sometimes, sometimes do lie, right? People say, oh, numbers never lie. Yeah, sometimes numbers do lie. But I am picking against cheap franchises and second-half picks. (laughs) So, again, it reared its ugly head and and we got that pick. So, final words, man. Another phenomenal podcast. This is a a money-making podcast. And on Twitter, uh, Jason Castle, who did a great job. Uh, you know, helping us out with the tally. We have an independent tally, right? I didn't come up with it. It was Jason. Mm-hmm. And Jason on, what, says to your 76 bucks on our picks. <laughs> it pays for a week of gasoline. All right, so final thoughts. Uh, uh, Scott, then Chad, final thoughts. So we get him with Richard Churchill. So um, I'll say this. Listen to this podcast about eight, seven thirty, quarter of eight tomorrow night, and then listen to the be- the regular podcast. And I think what we say on this one will lead directly into our podcast tomorrow night. So I, I would say, if you're gonna listen to this, listen to this like at seven thirty, or a couple hours before the betting podcast comes on, and then you'll have a, a much much clearer mind because I think some of the things that we said today will lead right into to our decisions tomorrow night. So. Hundred percent. What are your final thoughts, Chad? Man, yeah, I just um, ready for an eighty percent week. Uh, this is how we do it. So I just am uh, ready to get going for these picks tomorrow, and uh, I feel an eighty percent week coming up here. So I know you've been. It's it's, a, it's on. Keep it. Keep in mind a little preview for tomorrow night. A lot of these games have playoff implications in the NFL this week. A lot of these teams, like a Tennessee-New England game, like those games, there's a lot of playoff implications riding on these games tomorrow, uh, this week. So, you know, listen to this podcast because it's going to help you when you go to the window to bet.
and go to the window and you cash those tickets. Now, when we talk about giving, right, the more you give, the more you get back. It's not a religious or philanthropy or even morality. It's a business decision. When you give one thing out here, the richest country in the world, you get 10 back. That's why I hope it close with Sir Winston Churchill, who got us through a second world war. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network.